Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. By, by the way, if you guys didn't know this, um, Isaac's pretty young actually. You're 25, right? Isaac, 25. 25. 25 going on 26. <laughs> going on 26. Born in 1977. Single, by the way. Single. Yeah, and oh. ready to mingle. Hey. And he's ready to mingle. Shoot, I didn't know this is going to turn into like Bliss Seekers <laughs> Tinder. All right, tell me your interests and your hobbies. What do you, what do you like to do? Uh, tell I us like to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like to content create. I like oh, okay. to, uh, you know, cook and do exercise and hang out with the uh, lovely ladies oh. now ladies if you guys are listening to this so isaac w- what's your type do you have a type <laughs> shit all right so let's switch gears here let's switch gears here well uh, i'm a sports fan you're a sports fan brian loves sports too you played baseball i played baseball i was no good I sucked. <laughs> uh, I played right side of the bench and left out, but hey, it was fun. Jess, you're a big sports fan. Uh, there was some some uh, <laughs> some some comments recently. Everybody knows if you like baseball, you know who Shohei Otani is. He is like the modern day Babe Ruth. By the way, never has a player in history since Babe Ruth dominated as a pitcher and as a hitter, and not just a hitter, a home run hitter. By the way. So Shohei, the Japanese superstar, Stephen A. Smith, another polarizing yep. uh, TV personality. Uh, well, you talk about it, Jess. What happened? Um, basically, Stephen A. Smith said that it wouldn't be a good look for the MLB to have a superstar that didn't speak English. Or that needed a translator to speak to the public. Yeah. So that obviously caused uh, some uproar it caused you know regardless of whether and by the way Stephen a if you know who he is he's kind of famous for those outlandish um you know loud kind of brash comments but anyway so he said basically what jessica said that it's not a good look for baseball because he needs a translator which i think is kind of ridiculous because if you know baseball it's a worldwide sport now. Like, I mean, there's so many people from different countries that either can't speak English or broken English. But guess what? This is not English. This is baseball, right? <laughs> As Shohei mashes the ball. He's a great pitcher. So Shohei is killing it right now. Steven says these comments. He finally was forced to apologize. But let's talk about that. So first of all, I feel baseball is an international sport, right? Yes, it is America's pastime it is you know america's game but i don't think it'd be the what it is today if it weren't for all the international players right and uh you know shohei may need a translator to speak but he speaks pretty loud with his bat (laughs) and with his arm i mean he's hitting 100 miles per hour on the radar as a pitcher and he leads the major leagues in home runs with like 33 home runs and we're only halfway through the season so i don't know what do you think about what do you think about that, Jess? What do you think about Shohei? What do you think about Stephen A? What do you think about baseball in general? I mean, I love baseball. Like, the San Francisco Giants are killing it right now, so that is awesome, and I'm having a great time watching them. Um, for the whole Shohei thing, uh, you know, he's 
he's so much fun to watch like i don't think him not speaking english is like a huge deal like why does that matter like his talent speaks for itself and you can see that he has personality like they even have clips of him on the bench like i think they had one where he was throwing the baseball on the bench to see if it would roll off and he got it first try just flipped it up there and so you can tell that he's having fun and he has a personality and i don't think it's a requirement to speak english to play baseball you know he left his entire family his home his friends and to come over here to become you know who he is today and i think that is huge in, it, in itself like taking yourself out of your comfort and going to a different country where you don't speak the language but you're still like out there just killing it like let him do him that's what you know yeah i agree with that and um you know, he actually didn't really have, uh, he went through adversity already. He went through some major injuries. And uh, so he came back from some big injuries. And this is the first year he's been healthy in a while. And he's just absolutely crushing it. I mean, Brian, I don't know, what, what do you think about all this going on? Yeah, no, I think um, one shouldn't have to do with the other. Obviously, somebody's uh, speaking barriers shouldn't have to do with how they can perform in the field. Um I personally feel like if I, I'm not, right, but if I was a coach, right, I wouldn't really care. I would care about the team's performance before anything, to be honest. If you're really in a winning spirit um, or you're really trying to make a difference in that industry, you know, it's just a matter of how your teammates can perform. I think when you take it into language barriers, I think that might be more of a personal issue with that person that's making that comment, not necessarily, you know, something that has to do with, I think everybody saw it like that. It does not have to do with baseball whatsoever. You know, it's just if you're if you care so much about how it's going to be perceived to certain people that are out there. I mean, we can talk about racism. We can talk about all that stuff, obviously. Right. But then um, you're not focusing on what really matters at that point in time, which right at that point in time, what matters is baseball and the performance of it. So, you know, I and I think they're going to see a lot more of of that as time goes by because you know as the years go by we start we, we're starting to see uh what's his name uh how what's his name the, the ufc fighter they just uh no 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 the uh the mexican mexican oh the baby uh assassin baby um Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of his you're name. You're a fan, right now, Isaac. You're a UFC yeah, fan. Yeah, like, he's What's he's the first name? Mexican American fighter. Uh, I just call him the assassin. To, to become a uh, like yeah. a, like a champion, the UFC right? champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm we're gonna start seeing a lo lot more of that. We just we just had um uh, this gentleman from out from uh, Watsonville from he was uh, playing baseball at uh, San Jose State University. I think I seen the post, but he just got drafted into what's that team? Ah, what's that team name? Uh, doesn't come to my head, but um, he's from Watsonville. So b point is, we're going to start seeing a lot more people that come from foreign countries or, you know, uh, that are not, that have language barriers, some of them, right, that are going to start succeeding in these sports. And it's going to come to a point where, it's going to come to a point where you're just going to have to suck it up, right? Because, right, I mean, we already have some of that, but it's just going to continue to be more and more of it. And again, we just have to focus on the things that really matter, which is, in this case, a sport. Yeah. And by the way, if you think about it, so baseball sports is kind of for the kids in a way, you know, because that's where you fall in love with the sport when you're young. You know what I mean? I don't think any of those kids even know or care that Shohei has a translator. They just want to go see him step up to the plate. I mean, he was in batting practice at the All-Star game and he almost hit it out of the stadium. This is a five-decker stadium. <laughs> he almost literally left the ballpark i think if i'm like a 12 year old kid or a 10 year old kid 
or a nine-year-old kid, I don't care if he has a translator or if he speaks English or not. I just want to see that baseball almost fly out of the stadium. Like that makes an impact. You know what I mean? And, you know, if Shohei wasn't part of MLB, who's doing that right now besides him? Nobody, right? But, you know, I think Stephen A, he built his career on that kind of stuff. Like the villain, like we talked about, you know, Connor, Jake Paul, Stephen A. Smith, everybody, they don't love a villain. The villain, uh, they don't love a villain. Love to hate. They love to hate a villain. They would rather just want to see that villain lose like everybody wants to see jake paul get knocked out everybody wanted to see connor lose everybody wants to see Stephen a you know have to apologize you know national tv right so and if this was planned Stephen a you're a genius that's why you're the highest paid broadcaster in the world he makes more than some pro athletes and you think he makes like 12 million dollars a year well, see, uh, Jessica and I were talking about that on the way over here, how publicity, whether it's good or bad, good or bad publicity, it's good publicity. Yeah. And in a way, he put the spotlight right, even though the spotlight was already on Shohei big time, he put like a magnifying glass on him. And then he put one on himself too. Exactly, right? So maybe he's a genius. Maybe he's a jerk. Maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. I think he more he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or I think he likes to say stuff. Because I think he said something the other day. He said Donovan Mitchell, who's a great young player, by the way, uh, I got a lot of his rookie cards when he was doing real well with the Utah Jazz. But he said he was the greatest player in Utah Jazz history. Now, Utah Jazz have John Stockton, who leads you know in history the most assists ever in, in the NBA. Carl Malone, one of the best power forwards that ever existed in the game. And Donovan Mitchell, who's had an amazing season, but he had one good season, really. Like one great season. Maybe I think he had a really good rookie season. And he's saying he's now the best player that ever played for the Utah Jazz. Now, even the Utah Jazz fans are like, all right, Stephen, you need to freaking chill, okay? Like, like, calm down. But maybe maybe we need to maybe look at why Stephen A is so successful. They say success leaves clues. He has welcomed that villain role. He has welcomed the brash, like, loud mouth, like, I'll say whatever I want. I don't care what you say. I mean, that's not the only person he's trashed. He's trashed a lot of people, right? And he's making $12 million a year. So love him or hate him, the guy's winning, right? But, hey, we all love Shohei. I love him. Let's let's kind of get back to it. But you mentioned the Giants, right? So we're here in the Bay Area, uh, in California. And right now, the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants are really good. They're both leading their divisions, right? They're both have a great shot of making the playoffs. Um, I think the Giants are probably going to win the division. Uh, do you agree? Um, I would hope so. I think they're either a game and a half or two games ahead of the Dodgers right now. So. Okay. Oh, they got yeah, they got the Dodgers in the division. Yeah, and the Padres. Yeah. So they're in the wild card lead, though, are they? Or close? They're in the lead of their division, so they're okay. they're at top of their division. Okay. So, anyways, the Giants are really good. Um, the, it's a good story too because everyone calls them the old team and they're not really old, right? Um, and the A's. So the reason I mentioned this is because when I was growing up, being a big baseball fan in the '80s and the '90s, the Giants and the A's were the best team in baseball during those years. They were something called the Battle of the Bay. And I remember in 1989, Battle of the Bay, Giants and A's. Will Clark, Matt Williams, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Bash Brothers, all the great teams, Dennis Eckersley, all that, Ricky Henderson. They were playing in the World Series a lot of a lot of the times, right? And it was great because the Bay Area was electric. Everybody wanted to watch the Battle of the Bay. 
And I remember the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake happened during the World Series. So I remember I was actually in this room right here where we're filming this podcast. This is a studio. Just kidding. But, you know, I was in this room somehow. No, but I was in this room because we have a studio in the house. And we're watching the game. And all of a sudden, it cuts out and the world starts shaking. It's like the biggest earthquake in the Bay Area since then, right? But it looks like the A's and the Giants have a very good shot of making the World Series again this year. And I think that would be exciting for the Bay Area. I think it'd be exciting for baseball. You know, because the Giants, they're a bigger market team. But the A's, they're still not the biggest market team. They're not like the Yankees and all these teams with lots of money. And that's the thing that separates baseball from like the NBA and the NFL. There's no salary cap. So... If you know what that means, that means the teams with the most money get the best players. So there's the competition is just, I mean, if you're like the Oakland A's that are tight. So put it this way, the entire payroll of the Oakland A's, one player on the Yankees makes more than the entire Oakland A's team. That's how small market they are, right? Uh, It used to be Alex Rodriguez made more than the Oakland A's, but you know, he's now just break dating and breaking up with j-lo and all that kind of stuff right but uh (laughs) um but so yeah like one player in baseball can make more than an entire team so it kind of makes it hard for the organization to build a winner when some other team can just buy all the best players you know what i mean but it's it's still kind of cool because it's not always been the the richest team that wins that's why everybody loves to see the yankees lose if you're unless you're a yankees fan because they're like you know they're like the Death Star. They're like the the evil empire that has all the money and gets all the good players. And so they they should be winning every year, you know. But then you got a little tiny small market team like the Oakland A's that they have these like no-name players, you know, and they're always drafting good players and having to get rid of them because they can't afford them when they become good. So now they're winning again, and it's exciting. All right, so Brian, uh, what do you think about this whole Bay Area um success from the A's and the Giants I think I'm excited for it man I think anytime I went to the Bay Area to watch a a baseball game um, it's always been exciting man it's the whole environment behind that just being able to you know enjoy your time with your friends and family the uh, you know the tailgating right before the games and stuff so I'm excited about that you know coming uh, coming back in full force now that uh, COVID's not as dangerous as it used to be Uh, but yeah I mean growing up I got to be I, I got a chance to play in uh in the east side of salinas ace team right the little league ace team the ace team that's what i like this one like what's up hey <laughs> that team there you go <laughs> but uh just kidding <laughs> showing your age there <laughs> showing dad jokes just kidding dad not really jokes. oh I'm the, I'm the king of dad jokes if you guys know my dad gets to know him right uh, you'll know why but by, by the way if you guys didn't know this um i six pretty young actually you're 25 right i said 25 25 25 going on 26 going on 26 born in 1977 single by the way single yeah and ready to mingle and he's ready to mingle shoot i didn't know this is gonna turn into like bliss seekers (laughs) tinder all right tell me your interests and your hobbies what do you what do you like to do Uh, i like to podcast (laughs) i like to content create i like to uh you know cook and do exercise and hang out with uh lovely ladies Oh. Now, ladies, if you guys are listening to this, so Isaac, w- what's your type? Do you have a type? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> also, if you're listening to this, Isaac is a vegan. Yes. And <laughs> I am not a vegan. Yeah. And uh, he made us some quesadillas and they were delicious. So there's They're a bomb. point for you guys. 
Thank you for that, Jess. I thought you were going to rip me a new one. All of a sudden, I lost half the crowd. Like, vegan. You know, that was funny, though, by the way. In sidetrack, we're talking about baseball, but now we're talking about my dating profile. I'm vegan. <laughs> but when I, because I never had a problem meeting women at all, ever in my life. That was kind of like my sport. You know, that was what okay. I was good at. It, no, it's I'm a, serious. It's a hair. It's a hair. If, 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 if you're bad at baseball, eh, that's a good trade off, right? But um, so when I went vegan for the first time in my life, I had trouble because of the minute I would say, I would like literally get ghosted and I, I didn't know what ghosted was, but it was like all of a sudden it was uncomfortable com- because I'm like, I'm vegan. They're like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean? What? <laughs> it's like, I didn't know that your diet makes such a big difference, but I understand now because eating is such a important shared uh, community type thing that and it's not, it's not like I won't date somebody if they're not vegan. I mean, most of the women I meet obviously are not vegan but they're open to the plant-based diet. And I'm glad that you guys were able to try it because as you know, if you know how to cook vegan, you 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 can't really tell did you can't really tell the difference, right? No, no. Uh but, no one but, No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I got I got a question for you, Isaac. So, I dated a vegan before. Wait, wait, hold on. My type. Oh, your type. There you oh, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like okay. I like curvy women and small waist waist hip ratio. Slim thick? Slim thick, yeah. Yeah, but slim thick is like, so they're tiny up top, but they're big on the bottom. Not big, but like they got big hearts. Voluptuous. Sir mix a lot. Yeah, they're voluptuous, right? I don't mind a little extra thick as long as it's in the right places. But that's physical, you know? Mental, I have a freaking scroll of what I want mentally, right? But, you know, um, good, because in the end, looks and body won't raise your kids. And I'm kind of getting to the point that I'm wanting to have a family the next three to five years. So um, I'm looking for the total package. If I can find the total package, it's great. But it's time to kind of mature a little bit and say, okay, if the total package is batshit crazy, which mostly the girls and the women that I meet that are physically like what I want are kind of batshit crazy, I don't want batshit crazy raising my kids. You know what I mean? So, but anyways, what I like is kind of exotic, maybe darker skin, full lips, long hair, curvaceous in the bottom, and small waist, stuff like that. So if you're out there <laughs> and you're watching this and you don't mind that I'm plant-based, I'll cook you some bomb-ass food. You can uh, you can shoot me a DM, DM at, at future GM or the Bliss Seekers. Send us a message. But anyways. Just DM him the word vegan. Yeah. and he'll know leave it in the comments below and oh, i'll God. know but anyways brian you were talking about you dated a vegan no so i was gonna say i dated a vegan and this was this was gonna lead me to a question that i was gonna have for you because for whatever reason we would go out together and she wouldn't mind me eating whatever tell me why i knew she was vegan and you know where our first date was i took her to Wingstop. Oh my God! <laughs> and you knew she was vegan. Here's I, some celery and yeah, carrot celery sticks. And carrots. <laughs> yeah, it's like the worst place to take a vegan. All she got was fries. All she got oh, was fries. Yeah. Oh, no. You know, and and by the way, I give her I give her points wherever she's at. If she, has, she must have really liked you. I'll say that right now, because yeah. if she if she toughed it out and ate just fries, she really liked you. I'll say that. Right, and so point is so we went on a date one time and man i was going ham on these burgers right like they were not vegan but they were just regular burgers right i was going ham on these burgers and she uh you know i when you're eating burgers it gets sloppy in your mouth right and so she 
didn't want to give me a kiss, right? And so I got a question for you. Let's just say you're on a date with with somebody and she's not a vegan, so she's eating a burger or something. And then, I don't know, let's just say you're about to go in for the kiss and for whatever reason, you happen to see a little piece of meat right there. Some grease or something. A little piece of meat, some grease. Well, well, what's going to happen next? What, what, okay. what are you going to do? So the meat, that's easy. You just kind of take your little finger and gently kind of go like this mm. on her lips. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, ooh, you know what I mean? But if it's like grease or something, whatever. I'll, I'll take them for the team. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. Unless she smells like, I mean, I don't care if there's like animal products. It's not going to kill me. As long as the breath smells good, but if the breath is kicking or something, then that's the, the issue. Because smell is a big thing. I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I'm getting intimate or just like, and the kiss is everything, by the way. If if that ain't right, nothing else is going to be right. You know what I mean? That could make or break the whole thing because that's the first type of connection, right? But if there's a piece of meat, that's easy. Just kind of like, you know, like do that little smooth thing. And then, so romantic. I will tell you one thing. If I'm looking at her as long-term, she has to be open to being plant-based and this is why because i don't want to argue all the time about what we feed our kids i want to raise plant-based kids um i'm not going to force them in the future if they want to change or whatever i'm not going to be that parent that forces it on them i'm going to try to educate them and and do my best because when they're kids we can kind of tell them what to do but when they grow up if they want to decide they want to go try meat i'll be like well i taught you your whole life what that does if you want to do it be my guest right because I think when you force kids to not do stuff, it's a bad thing. But that's I think, is very important when you're picking a, a, a long-term partner. Like, if we're just hooking up, I don't care what they eat, right? You know what I mean? But if we're thinking long-term, it's important. I think it's one of the deal-breakers, to be honest. But what I've noticed, like you guys said, because I'm smart. I don't force it on them. But I say, here, try this. I say, here, try this. And I'm a good cook. So Ah, he did that with us oh, today. He's trying, yeah. he's he's trying, trying to transform us. That was <laughs> I'm going into in and out on my way home. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. She's like, I'm detoxing. <laughs> I just punched myself in the face. Anyway. Animal fries. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I'll just kind of slowly introduce them to it so that they're open to it. But in the end, if you guys know this, it's law of attraction. When you become a certain type of person, you're going to start to attract those people, whether you realize it or not. Most of the women I meet now are open to it or they're already plant-based or they're, you know, they're just not big, big animal product eaters. So uh, to answer your question, <laughs> I don't know how I got on that, but about the kiss, if it's just a piece of meat, guys, you just do this, like grab her face on the side and just kind of move it over and like look her deep in the eyes and she'll be like, Whoa, you know what I mean? If and if she's got grease, it depends on how hot she is and how 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 attractive you how much chemistry you guys have. But if the breath is kicking, will that work, Jessica? What his uh, strategy? Will that work? Will it will it come across as romantic as Isaac is portraying it? The finger thing. Is it the on my uh, on thing? the lip or the teeth? The lip. No, no. What? Okay. Well, the lip I is guess. essential the, part. The lip, maybe okay. the the teeth. I'd be like, what are you doing? No, like, yeah, like the, don't be. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little teeth. No way. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's also important, um, being the only woman here, um, looks fade. With it. Obviously, when everyone gets older, your looks fade. 100%, so yeah. when looking for a potential you know, partner for life or whatever you're looking for, I think it's important to always look for someone who you can, you know, you see yourself personality-wise matching with because once if you're going only for, you know, oh, this person's really hot. Right. Oh, my God. Look at you got six pack. Oh, my God. And then like what happens down the road? 
you know you have nothing that is this no nothing that is the same right you have no qualities that mesh well so then down the road you're just unhappy and i think a lot of people when they get to that point they don't want to change anything because you've been with this person for so long then you have to start all over right and start trying to find a new person and then it's easier just to stick with what you have than going into the unknown so I know it's like all fun and jokes, right? Like, oh, yeah, you got like the, the girl with the curvy waist and like the thick thighs, that booty, you know, all the yeah. like that's, you know, that is I'm sure that is a great quality. And I'm sure there are plenty of women out there that have that body that are awesome personality wise. No, but really. I, I think <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm, just, it's I'm just kidding. Lady. Definitely important to look at someone for more than just their physical appearance, because there's more to people than um you know, their looks. And I think women have to go through that a lot where everything is based on how they look, right? Like if you're going to be a TV personality or you're going to succeed in the world, you have to be thin. You have to be white. You have to be blonde. You have to be this beautiful model to succeed in a lot of workforces. And it's not the same for men. So I just think, you know, attract, you know, being attractive is awesome, but there are all are a lot of women who might not be society's version of attractive, but they have so many good qualities and they deserve a chance like jessica said you know in the end when you're picking a long-term partner be- looks always fade um and it's like i said the body the looks don't raise the kids you know what i mean and if that's what you want then you need to look at different some people they don't want a relationship they just want to have fun the rest of their life maybe they're you got those 50 60 year old guys dating 20 year old girls or whatever hey more power to them but i just want to make a point so the reason men and women have a lot of issues with understanding each other is because men are very visual and women learn audible aud- with through hearing, right? Like, so what that means, like Jessica said, if if she if a woman finds you attractive, you could be the most attractive guy on earth, but if you don't know how to make her laugh, if you don't have confidence, if you can't carry a conversation, you will become ugly to her like right away, right? And if you're not that great looking, but you have confidence, you're funny, man, all of a sudden you'll become like the best looking person in the world. And that's 80% of women, 20% and 20% are on the other side. Some there's differences, right? I'm not going to lump everybody in one thing. Right. Um, And then men are very visual. So what it means, what that means is what I'm saying is that, you know, looks do matter to us because that's how we learn. It doesn't mean that that's, how we're going to have a long lasting relationship with somebody. But if somebody learns visually, it's so important what they see always. And it's maybe it's not fair to women. You know what I mean? Cause women, I mean, not only that, like I, I, I feel for you guys. Cause just to look cute, you got to wear shoes that don't fit. You got to wear clothes that not, maybe not comfortable. You got to, you know, whatever the women that spend all this money on their looks, they're spending thousands of, you know, just to look a certain way. And what I found, because I've dated a lot of really attractive women, they're probably the most insecure in the world, to be honest, because they're they're set they're, they have right. this standard. Like, you know, you, you think they have it easy. They probably have it hard because they can't even go out the house without everything being perfect. Like, imagine like you can't even walk outside without one hair off or whatever, because they're so their standard is so high. And a lot of them are more insecure than the women. They're not that you know attractive so to speak whatever you're attractive with but what i love also too in this day and age thanks to the internet and stuff there's different i mean there's people that like all types of different types of women and men like there's fetishes and there's all this crazy stuff like you mentioned bbw right now there's there's a group there's a big group of men that like 
large women and that's okay there's a group of men that like skinny women there's a group of men that like this and that or whatever so anyways i'm just ranting but <laughs> my point is jessica's absolutely right if you're looking for something long term looks always fade no matter what i mean just look at the most beautiful supermodels and then look at them and they're older they're still probably attractive but they don't look like how they looked like before right um you want a substance right you want something that's going to raise your kids but just understand this and i'll leave it at that and it's kind of the women are from venus and men are from mars book that's what it talks about if you understand how people think and how they learn you can understand them better men 80 percent of them are visual what does that mean as long as a woman's attractive we're going to be attracted to them we'll make sacrifices we'll be like uh you know she's kind of dumb but she's whatever you know what i mean and women are very audible so you could be the best looking dude in the world but if you're an absolute tool or you're dumb or you don't you can't provide, which is it goes back to the caveman days. I took an actual social anthropology class on this. Women are looking for a good provider, a good mate. Men are just looking to impregnate everything they see because that's how if you had a lot of children back then, that's how they survived. But we're 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 like smart now. We have brains. We're not like cavemen. So anyways, just know that. Um, but you're right, Jessica. I don't know how we got on the subject. Brian, you flipped it. <laughs> Brian did it. You guys know Brian my you guys we, know my type we, now. We are promoting your Tinder profile. Yeah. Okay. So. I just want to say one more thing. Also, um, I know that you say like women are attractive, but it's like I'm gonna say society's version of attractiveness because I think every woman is attractive in her own right. So when you're saying like, oh, men like women that are attractive, they like the version the ver the version that society has put put forth saying that this is what is attractive. But all women are attractive in their own right. So I just want to put that out there as well. Right. Anyways, Brian, what's your type? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like how she segues. That's a good one. You know what? Um, I don't know if I have a specific type. Uh, but what I do know is I learned this uh, I learned this word, I believe, was it early this year? Actually, last year. Have you guys heard of the word sapiosexual? Have you guys heard of that before? I've heard of it. I think I have, but I don't remember the meaning. So it's basically when you're attracted to someone who is who is intelligent in certain it, it doesn't have to be anything specific it can be intelligent about anything it could be about paintings it could be about just that they're mentally intelligent about something okay right it, so you're attracted it, it to the anything. mind more than the anything. mind yeah i think um i when i'm having a connection with with a woman um it's I have to be I have to be mentally attracted to them for me to feel like I can be fully present with them even in a physical way as well, right? Like I think that's a very important thing. Like mentally stimulated kind of thing. Mentally stimulated, yeah, like that for me is a is a huge deal. The way they think is everything to me. I I can I could never understand how a lot of uh a lot of like you you were mentioning this um Isaac how some people they some guys there a lot of guys actually maybe even most guys are okay with a with settling with a woman just because of her looks even if she doesn't bring something other than her looks to the table which means that technically you're settling for less you're then you're giving up your purpose and how many men have you guys met and maybe we don't we don't say it to them or talk about it too much but how many of them don't give up their purpose because you know they fell in love with or they think they fell in love with somebody not necessarily for themselves but for the you know the, the physical, exterior, the the physical 
Yeah, right, the physical. And um, yeah, so when we go into type, I mean, honestly, I'm more attracted to the to the mind. I'm not going to say looks don't matter because honestly, looks do matter to if somebody says looks don't matter completely, they're lying. They matter to a certain extent. Yeah. Everyone is beautiful in their own way. You don't know their personality when you see them at first. Exactly. Yep. A hundred percent. And so, I mean, I like I like women who are confident, women who are confident in whatever it is they're doing. If they're confident about it, I, I don't know if it's uh, because with time because of maybe our industry or how we grew up, we, we find that we find that brave, courageous, right? Because it takes a lot from, for somebody to be confident and walk like they own the room in different situations. I, I find that so attractive. I feel like it's, I don't know, it just catches my attention. You guys ever been in a room where somebody walks in and they just automatic, you automatically they gravitate your energy to yeah. 100%. Presence. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, but yeah, um, lately I've been a lot into, uh, my spiritual being, my connection with God. And so obviously I want that person to have somewhat of a connection with somewhat of a connection with God. Right. I respect a hundred percent everyone's beliefs and their religions and all that stuff. Um, I, again, I don't, I don't think I necessarily follow a specific religion, but again, God is a big, this is a big deal. Um, I actually have affirmations regarding the woman in my life, right? Yep. That's um, I don't have a list, right? Don't get don't get that confused. Affirmations for the standards of a woman you want and a list, but um, but I do, but I do have affirmations of, you know, somebody confident, somebody you know who uh, embraces her own individuality. There you go. That's I think that's how confidence comes about embracing your own individuality. If somebody can do that. That catches my attention. I'm like. Nice. Yeah. And that, you know, I'm glad you said that because you just proved what I said. There's 80% of men that think one way, but then there's 20% that think a little different and that's okay. You know what I mean? And by the way, I also think because you've experienced a way different life than most people for your age, like, you know, how old are you right now? 21 and single. 21 and single. By the way, ladies, all those strong, confident uh, women with presence that walk in a room and own it. Here's your man right like here. It, like and subscribe. <laughs> comment down below. Comment down below. There you go, right? Yes. Comment down below, Brian. Um, you know, you just proved that. And by the way, I think it also has to do with your life too because I saw a meme the other day. It says like, you know, even to when you get to a certain point of maturity, like even just to get aroused, there has to be some type of connection. You know what I mean? Like when you're young, like, well, I mean, you're young, so that's kind of weird. But when you're young mentally, let's just say, because when I was 21... I was not thinking like you, right? I was I was doing a lot. I mean, I was working for the Oakland Raiders when I was 18 and I was I was always a high achiever, but my relationship part of my life was more physical than anything, more just I just want to have fun, right? So, I think because of what you've experienced in your life, I mean, shoot, working in the field at 12, graduating from high school at 15, college at you know, college at 15, high school at 16, the youngest broker. Like you're probably 40 something maturity wise you know what I, I mean? feel like it yeah yeah so someone my age should probably be thinking more like brian right yeah not uh not most men you're like <laughs> well like one in a million i don't think most men mature till they're like your your age but i think you're still you're not there yet yeah almost. i'm getting there almost. don't worry i'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> at least in my relationships and i'll be honest i'll admit it you know what i mean i'm 43 divorced no kids I know kids because my mom would kill me if I had a baby mama and my mom watches this all the time. So mom, you're 
training worked. I don't have a baby mama thanks to you because I'm scared, to be honest, right? Um, and and, uh, and I had good parents, so why would I put a kid through that? I mean, I know that they can succeed that way, and but they say the family unit's the most successful for a child, right? Anyway, so, um, but I'll admit, like, my relationships, uh, that's one part of my life that, you know, has been a challenge. It's been, you know, maybe it's a maturity thing. Maybe it's because of what I've been through. You know what I mean? Maybe I need to let go of some things. I don't know what it is, but, but Brian, you're like light years ahead of where most men are in your age. And I feel like if you just continue on that, you will find that person that, you know, like Jessica said, that it's going to be a lifelong partner. You know what I mean? Because, you know, most men are just following the, the, the instinct, the caveman, so to speak, instinct and, Maybe they have no idea. It's just kind of like a, a, a thing that triggers in their brain. It's chemicals. You know what I mean? It is. It's chemicals. Right. And there's a reason waist-hip ratio is important because it means fertile. So in our brain, we're, when we see that, and it doesn't mean it has to be a tiny waist. It just has to be the ratio. Because Twiggy and Marilyn Monroe had the same waist-hip ratio, but Twiggy was like less than 100 pounds and Marilyn Monroe was a full-figured woman, right? So that tells us our brains, like whether we realize it or not, it's like, ooh, fertile, ooh, kids, ooh, uh, 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 you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're not, right, you know? And uh, women are supposed to find like the good hunter that's like deep eyes, like lean, because that, that would protect their kids and give them food and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, we're not like that. So, so I feel like, to be honest, guys out there, if you think more like Brian, very young, you are probably going to find more of a, a, a lifelong partner, more of something with substance, more of something. And it, it might take a while, you know what I mean? Because you still have a lot to do. You're still pretty young. But right. Uh, but it doesn't mean that if you don't think like that, you can't. Uh, it just means that there's different paths in life. But, yeah, I think that was cool because you kind of really proved the point. There's There's two men here, different ages, but one thinks very differently than the other about what they're looking for in a partner. And... You know, we're not going to say one's right and one's wrong. It's just the way it works. You know what I mean? Right. But if you're looking for something long term, something with more substance, I think you're a little bit more along the lines of being able to find that than someone who's looking for purely physical. 100%. Yeah. And I think it has a lot to do with like valuing yourself and your time, I think, more than anything. I think somebody that, uh, somebody with a purpose at the end of the day won't just want to spend their time with just anybody. And I'm the kind of person where I, I think about it. I think about, man, if, if I'm going to go on a date and let's just say it's going to be a two hour date, three hour date, I, I, I like to balance the odds. I'm like, okay, if I go on this date, right, how much is this person going to pour into me compared to if I were to just stay home, work in my business, work on my purpose, what am I going to find more valuable that or this? And if, and if the other one doesn't override, right, the, the other one, then I'm probably going to you know, stick around and, and focus on what's my purpose, focus on my, you know, something that is more productive, etc. You know, I've turned down, I've turned down several um, dates just because I know what, that it's probably not going to mentally arouse me. And if it's not going to mentally arouse me, then I'm kind of just wasting my time, wasting my time, wasting my money. Right. And, you know, wasting money. Yes. Time is money. T time is money. Yeah. hundred percent. I heard a great quote. It says, if you chase women, you'll lose money. If you chase money, you'll never lose women. <laughs> you'll try. There you go. That was, yeah. And it's, and it's very true. I mean, I think, I think what attracts women to you, especially women who are on a mission 
what attracts women to you is going to be when they see a man on their purpose, yep. on their grind, 100%. pursuing something. Yeah. When you when you start, cha- I think I, I actually just posted a, a post, Um, I think it was today, regarding uh, you chasing your, you know, if you chase your purpose, you know, you're going to attract that queen. But if you're constantly chasing the queen or the queens, right, then you're going to shy away from your purpose, which is not going to attract that person to you, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think you got to focus on your purpose. I, you know, if we go into... You know, not to get too crazy with that, but um, like when God created Adam, he created Adam. Then he gave him a purpose and then he sent uh, Eve basically right and together. They did something right. So I think uh, we need to, I don't know, anyone on a purpose needs to prioritize that because we can easily get distracted. But if we prioritize our purpose, your options will be, honestly, they'll be unlimited, yeah. to be honest. And by the way, I'm not here to say that I'm just about the physical. It kind of sounds that way because I think I was married and my ex-wife had both. I found someone that had was beautiful on the inside and the outside. So I think that screwed me up because, <laughs> and here's a funny story, by the way. Um, so we were together, married, fell in love, connected on, on a spiritual level. Like I made love for the first time in my life. It's different than just having sex. Like, Oh yeah. It felt like you melted into each other. And this is truth, right? But so we ended up getting divorced. We were very young. It was kind of something that affected me a lot. But when I was taking her to the airport, and she's going back to her. She's from Sweden, by the way. She's a former Miss Stockholm, all this kind of stuff, right? When I'm t- and by the way, I didn't even like blondes. It was just she was an amazing human. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you've met somebody that's just like an amazing human. You're just like, wow. Like how are you so amazing? You know what I mean? You just want them in your life. Yeah. Anyway, so when I was leaving her, because I was freaking caught up in my little dumb twenty six year old mind, right? Um, and I'm dropping her off at the airport, and she's leaving. She stops and she turns around. And she says, Isaac, promise me one thing. And I was like, okay, I'm just breaking her heart. I'm leaving her. I'm divorcing her. I'm sending her back to her country. And she's like, promise me one thing. And I was like, what? She's like, promise me you'll never settle. And I was like, uh, okay. And I kid you not, I think she put a spell on me. <laughs> like, I am so picky. Like, I am like, like my standard is like way up here. And I don't know if I need to, I don't want to say lower the standard, but I don't know if she put a spell on me or if I've already experienced that true love, that connection, that beautiful person on the inside and out, that I'm like, I am not going to settle until I find that again. Uh, that maybe that's why, you know what I mean? Because I, there is people out there that are beautiful on the inside and out. And there is a, a, a true love, like a, like a connection where you feel like you're literally fused together. You know what I mean? And that relationship, even though I was the one that initiated divorce, like it put both of us through a lot. Like she even told me I went back to see her. She had to go through like counseling. And I feel like I had this hole in my heart for like 12 years that I put there that I didn't even know how to fix. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, I'm, I'm just trying to say that, that. It's not just about the physical for me. I feel like I'm looking for that unicorn, so to speak, where it's like beautiful on the inside now because I've seen it. I've had it. I felt it. It is real. Um, and uh, and maybe that's why. I'm. St- so, so do you think at that point in time you just weren't you weren't ready to handle that type of a package? So here's the thing. If you fall in love and you find the perfect person, it takes work still doesn't matter how perfect you guys got together doesn't matter how beautiful she is 
there's going to come a time where work starts like you're going to have to get the shovel and you're going to start to dig. And I didn't know that. I wasn't ready for that. I I, I thought it was like the movies because I think the movies screw us up, to be honest. Definitely. They they had this love story and like Beauty and the Beast and yep. Happily Ever After. That's bullshit. Excuse my French. It is 100%. Unrealistic stance. Like yeah. Expectations. Yeah. I mean, you can find it, but then there comes a time where relationships are just work. It's work. I think marriage is just to raise kids, to be honest, because what other point of a marriage besides maybe having a lifelong partner? Because eventually you need eventually I'm going to need a lifelong partner. Like I could say uh, I'm going to be single and I want to do this. But then there comes a time where the looks go away <laughs> and you're like, I need someone to wipe my butt or do whatever. You know what I mean? Or just be with me to hang out and go hang out at the park and go to bowling or whatever. You know what I mean? So. Um, so, yeah, like. Maybe there's a lesson out there, like if if you fall in love and you find that perfect person, it does not mean it's going to be a fairy tale. Like it takes work. And I didn't know that I was 26. The way I look at it is like I got handed the keys to a Ferrari and I just learned how to drive. I barely didn't even know how to drive. So we put a 16 year old in a Ferrari. What are they going to do? They're going to fucking crash that thing. You know what I mean? So I had a Ferrari. I had a real love. I had a beautiful woman inside and out. And I didn't know how to handle it. I mean, I I didn't even know how to be in a relationship, but now I was married. You know what I mean? It's like, what the heck, you know? So, but everything happens for a reason. And people are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And she was in my life for a reason and a season. And she even told me that. I have a lot of lessons from her. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and so she was in my life for a reason. She was in my life for a season, but she wasn't meant to be with me forever. So I don't know if it's the standard I have that's so damn high that no one's ever going to measure up to it. And even my hairstylist told me that. She's like, you know what your problem is, Isaac? Because, you know, your hairstylist kind of like, if you go with them for like years, Therapist. they're like your therapist. They know your you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> you got like an hour and a half to sit there and talk to them all the time, right? Um, so anyway, she said, you know what your problem is? You're looking for the perfect person and the perfect woman doesn't exist. And I was like, like why is my hairstylist telling me this you know what i mean so anyways i don't know if it's that but that is a big part of it but just so you guys know out there in youtube land and you know podcast land you know if you're blessed enough to find that person that you connect with like jessica said and you know you could see yourselves long term there's going to be a point maybe it's a year maybe it's two maybe it's seven they call it the, the seven year itch or whatever but there's going to be a point where now it's work and it's going to work if both of you guys are committed to making it work. That's it. You know how I know? Not because of me. Don't come to me for marriage advice because I can't tell you. Because of my parents. I see it. They're willing to put the work. It's not easy. They, they have their moments. But in the end, they're committed to each other. And no matter how hard it is, one of them is going to do something to make it work. 46 years and going strong. Hopefully they live a long, retired life together. But that's what I've seen that actually works. I mean, they were both very attractive when they got together. And I'm not saying they're not attractive now, but they're not, they don't look like they did when they were in their 20s. You know what I mean? And they had their kids and the kids are gone. And, and then now they're empty nesters and now they're retired. So it's like a different level every time. Because when they were having kids, they were so busy working, they didn't, even have, they didn't even have time to deal with issues. But imagine now all the kids are gone, jobs are gone. Now all you have to do is stare at each other 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If you don't know how to like commit and work on it, then that's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? There's a book that talks about the difference between falling in love 
and choosing to continue to love somebody mm-hmm. basically right because in the beginning we all go through that stage of you fall in love with somebody but afterwards that um that falling in love stage kind of like fades away and that's where you have to choose okay i gotta continue to choose to love this person basically right and so yeah i think that's basically what more than likely your parents have been doing choosing to continue to choose each other over time yeah and and by the way like um if you don't have that committed uh, bone in your body, it's so easy to just give up. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays. Like, I mean, for the younger generation, for you guys, like, okay, well, I feel bad for you guys because you guys live in the social media generation. You live in the cancel culture. You live in the everything's about everyone's highlight reel on social media. When if, yeah, see whatever. And I'm not saying it's, you're not going to be able to find love, but from when I grew up, it's way different. And I know because I'm still trying to find that. You're stuck with us now. Yeah, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm a Generation X, but I'm trying to find that partner in your guys' generation, which makes it even more crazy because I'm, I'm so, so maybe this is a lesson for all you out there. Be like Brian, <laughs> mature, young. Because you don't want to have to figure it out two generations later when you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just different, I would say. I think what might work for you, Isaac, um, I think... A 21-year-old is giving me advice. That's hilarious. Ther- therapy. I think what, what might work for you, Isaac, what is um, potentially going to be a blind date. So tell us what you guys think, guys. Um, if you guys uh, think that it would be a good idea for a blind date for Isaac, we'll see where it goes. We never know. Have you ever tried a blind date, Isaac? Uh, you've never tried you one? see my body language okay so <laughs> see, i'm like by the way if you guys see his body he sounds pretty excited right now yeah so he looks really thrilled he's, yeah, he's giving a thrilled. nod of approval <laughs> and he's very open-minded no. he's at a no. stage in his life where no. he's very open-minded just i wouldn't say just about anything but he's open-minded so uh wait. how did this become a I think, isaac a podcast i think i think as everyone should i think you should go to therapy and then talk about it with someone especially everything you've been through and it might help you like figure out what why your standards are so high and why you're having you know what's oh, going on you, you know, know what, what I mean? you gotta listen to there's this video um i'm gonna send you i'm gonna send him this <laughs> video it's uh, called relationship goals um and they talk about ripping up your list one of the chapters talks about, yeah i think it's one of the chapters might ripping be chapter up three. your list ripping Rip up, up your list it Rip talks it about how like a lot of people have this very um very imaginary list of what they of the what they want their perfect partner to be which um and by the way they talk about two different they talk about both uh both men and women having a kind of list and I even at that point before I read it, I had a list myself. I'm like, oh, I want this woman to look like this. And now I have standards. I don't have a list. I have standards, right? And those are two completely different things, right? And so highly recommended to you guys. Um, he also has um a series on relationship goals on YouTube uh, that you guys can watch. But um, it's pretty awesome. Honestly, it'll help you guys perceive relationships a lot differently. I know it helped me tremendously. And by the way, I mean. <laughs> there's a powerful story to that i'll just shorten it but when you choose to learn from all of these uh wisdom tips etc like those kind of books and stuff like that honestly like that made me a whole different man after i read that book you met me way before i read that book i said but my mentality was very similar to what the 
average guy thinks about you know like oh shoot i want a beautiful girl that has this has that has this Wait, you mean you were like 18 17 thinking that way what's wrong with (laughs) you Brian? jesus christ never jesus what kind of 17 year old are you thinking about that kind of stuff freak yeah (laughs) a freak i know Uh, wild wild but um no point is you know i after i read that book it changed my uh, perception of everything you know i um you know i i learned to I learned to love with intention, I guess you can say. Learned to love with intention. And so, you know, uh, what hap- I actually got into a relationship right after that book. And I went into it in a very, in an amazing manner, right? I, I was actually prepared. Right? I was actually fully, I feel like I was fully prepared. Uh, but, guys, they, this is very real. Sometimes you can be the full package at the wrong address. This took a, an odd turn, but it was a good podcast, I think. Yeah, I, had fun. I, I think that was actually ended up being amazing. You know what I mean? And that was really good. Was yeah. Good. You got to, they got to know us a little bit and hear our opinions on things. And, and our dating preferences. Dating yeah. preferences. I, mean, I think we have something there, though, in the future. You know, yeah. I mean, there could be bliss dating or bliss relationships. Bliss dating. Yeah, or bliss relationships, you know. I think we all have a different perspective, and I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I think this is a good time for us to start to wrap it up. So we'll just go with last words. Um, ladies, always first. So Jessica, any last words? Um, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast and my editing. Um, I don't know how often you'll see me in front of the camera, but I hope you enjoy, enjoy all the work that I do behind the camera. Yeah, and now you know, you see her, so... If you don't see her, go back to this podcast <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Comment down below if you'd like to see more of me. Yes, please. <laughs> Brian? I enjoyed the podcast. Um, it's our first, first of many as a, as a team. So I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about the kind of value we're going to bring to people. And make sure you guys comment, ideas, etc. If you guys have people in mind that you guys think, um, hey, they should be on this kind of podcast, shoot them uh, obviously our way. And I'm sure um, you know, we can uh, figure out who might be a good candidate for this. But overall good podcast i like that i loved our conversation and there'll be many more so stay tuned yeah and like i said shoot it to blissseeker17 at gmail.com you guys were awesome i think this was awesome i kind of have that little feeling i get that little feeling once in a while when you know you're like on the right path and the universe is like good job you know (laughs) what i mean and uh yeah this is this is your new bliss seekers 2.0 uh, we're going to bring you this and much more. Our goal is to be the number one podcast in the world. Our goal is 250 million subscribers. Our goal is to help people find their true purpose and follow their bliss. And maybe our goal is to help relationships out there. <laughs> Who knows, right? But we're going to bring it. Um, and uh, I, I love this team. I love uh, the people that help me here, uh, Bliss Seekers 1.0. And I love you guys. So by the way, make sure you smash the like button. Make sure you hit the notification bell. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. And as always, follow follow your your bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Make sure you share this with three of your friends. And if you like our song, our intro song, please check out my good friend, uh, Maroni Silva's band, A Dead Desire, on YouTube. That song is called The Mantra. Thanks again for tuning in. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. And as always, follow your bliss.